Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Story time. As a young police officer, I was used to being sent on all sorts of strange assignments. But this one took the cake. I had been called out. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Up to the deep woods to investigate something strange. As I made my way through the dense forest, 
I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. Finally, I came upon a clearing and saw something that I will never forget. It was a creature that looked like a cross between a dog and a man. It was covered in shaggy fur and had sharp teeth bared at me. Before I could even react, the dogman attacked. It lunged at me, knocking me to the ground and taking my gun. I tried to fight back, but it was no use. The creature was too strong. As I lay there, defeated, the dogman disappeared into the trees. I blacked out, not knowing if I would ever wake up again. When I came to, I was in a hospital room. My head was throbbing and my body ached all over. The doctors told me that I had been found unconscious in the woods and that I had been lucky to escape with my life. I will never forget that terrifying encounter in the deep woods. And I will never go back. I've been an on-duty officer for eight years now. Here's my story, hands down one of the most disturbing calls I've answered. It's the one and only, the actual one and only call for the story. I received a distress call from my department to check out an anonymous tip about a home with several disturbing signs of maltreatment. When I arrived at the location given by the supposed informant, it's dark outside and I could see what looked like several lights on in the house. As I stepped out of my car and approached the property, I can feel an immediate temperature drop as well as a feeling of being watched coming from all around me, but there was nothing visibly suspicious going on. So I continued walking toward the door. The front yard was pretty bare except for a couple of trees swaying slightly in the wind. No sign of anybody approaching the house. I ring the doorbell. Wait a minute. No response. I try again. Still nothing. At this point, my discomfort is growing exponentially as I notice sounds from inside the house that sound like wild animals. Note, these were not animal noises either. Or normal animal noises. My next step is to knock hard on the door, but there's still no signs of life from inside and it seems everybody in there must be asleep or something, maybe ignoring my knocking. Suddenly, these strange noises coming from within stop and it's eerily quiet again outside. So, I duck out of sight under one of the windows near the front porch in case somebody opens up and finds me right at the door. As I look up at the windows to see if one of them might open silently on its own, a shadow darker than the night itself starts moving around in one of the windows, then it moves to another window, and another, and so on. That's when this woman opens the front door, in a small cloak and kind of famished looking. She drops to the ground and starts convulsing with blood pouring out her eyes and mouth. Of course, I'm trying to help her, saying ma'am, ma'am, are you okay, calling for backup in 911. And after that, she stops convulsing. I've checked for a pulse. She's dead. I can't even begin to explain what had just happened in front of me, and suddenly I'm only maybe two or three feet inside the house. The door behind me slams shut. All the lights go out, and I feel this immense presence of evil surrounding me. And in that moment, I knew I was dealing with some sort of supernatural force. And to make matters worse, I could feel that there was something in the house with me. I get back on my radio, and now it's completely dead, not working at all. I pull out my flashlight. My flashlight is completely dead as well. So I turn around and try and open the door. 
The door is locked and will not budge. Now I start to shake the handle violently, banging on the door trying to get it to open. And in that moment, I could hear something walking down the hallway towards me. Thud. Thud. Something or somebody, incredibly large, was coming down the hallway. Remember, this home is now pitch black and I'm beginning to get scared like no other. I felt like a little boy lost in a haunted house, and here I am, a grown man of 37, armed to the teeth as any officer is. So I pull up my gun and point it in the direction. I yell loudly, who I am and for them to stop. There is a brief pause. Thud, thud, thud. More footsteps coming closer in my direction. I was beginning to get very nervous. I felt that somebody was coming towards me, and with it being so dark, I had no way to see who or what this was. I knew I was in danger. There's another brief pause, and this thing began to walk closer and closer. Now, it was probably no more than 20 feet away from me and the only thing that lay in this dark house between me and whoever was approaching was this dead, cloaked woman on the floor. I said one more time, stop. I raw fired, thought third, and so I fired off two shots. The light from the bullets showed me what I was shooting at. Surprisingly, it was nothing. Nothing human, for that matter. It was just a large, black shape. It was the shape of a human, but I couldn't tell what it was. I immediately turned around, after now getting within 10 feet of me, and pushed the door as hard as I could and opened and I flew out, tumbling out onto the porch in the yard, turning around quickly by standing up and pointing my gun. Nothing. I could tell was standing in the doorway, like I thought. It was just pure darkness. I turned back, ran towards my car, got on the radio and called for backup immediately. I told them there was a deceased person inside the house. I ran back to the front yard and pointed my gun completely at the front, open door, expecting whatever was following me in the house to step out. It never did. I kept my aim steady until a couple officers showed up with me. They thought I was going crazy, but I explained to them until they shined their flashlights and only to reveal nothing, and they saw the deceased person. They moved in and were able to get the power working back again after the paramedics showed up and retrieved the body. It seems that all had died down. I have no explanations for what exactly I dealt with inside that house. I have no idea why this small woman, who was very old, was in a dark cloak and while she randomly convulsed after answering the door and died right there on the ground, and what this entity was that was approaching me from the back side of the house. Is it possible that this house could have been used for witchcraft or summoning of some kind? I know that sounds partially science fiction, or even fictitious, but there is something not right about this house. My brother is a cop and there was a weird house in the city he patrols. It was a super old house and had a dirt basement where human skulls and bones were found, and after that all sorts of crazy shit just happened. Every family who moved into the house immediately tried selling it back or just fled and wouldn't go back. The city had enough so they just bulldozed the house and planted a garden or something. I forget the name, but the house had a name like the Jenkins house or something. But anyways there's a plaque now at the garden that just says this is where the Jenkins house used to sit. Edit, 
Just figured I would add this in my main comment, but I did some research and I guess a book and TV show were done on this house. The show is called A Haunting and the episode is The Unleashed if anybody is interested. Cop for 15 years in a gang-infested war zone. I've told this story here before. It was a late graveyard night. Get a call that an old lady is saying she sees someone in her backyard. The dispatcher tells me this is like the eighth time this week she's called and we never found anything. So I go thinking this is just another crazy lady who calls and is lonely. My beat partner and I go in. She's saying he's still in the backyard somewhere. Sure lady. I walk out the slider and start checking the very nice and full backyard. It has several Japanese maples, bushes and a small pond. The ground is flat rock. It's a very nice backyard. Then as I'm walking around shining my light to make this lady happy so we can go to the next call I suddenly feel weird. Like fear. I got that feeling in known dangerous situations but now had it for no reason. I shine my light on the top of the fence and there is a guy in a black hoodie and black sweats with hood over his head. His head is down and I can't see his face. He's up on the top of the fence and he's squatting perched like a bird. He is just sitting there with no fear or anything while two cops start searching the yard. I'm shocked. Nobody acts like that they run or surrender immediately. Nobody just chills like that. So before I can say anything he then does a backflip off the fence into the yard behind him. I hop on the fence and he is running through the yard super super fast. Oddly fast. Called the chopper, several units and we searched the whole block nothing. The lady would call in all the time and guys would never find anything. She even called once saying he was in the yard in a clown suit playing cards. Yay creepy. Went on for months until she stopped calling. Who knows what the hell happened. Another story. Was in the gang unit at this time so I had a car partner. He's driving. We are driving down the road late at like 3 a.m. Up ahead we see a car pulled over the people are out a guy and gal about 30s. They are staring ahead into the sky. This mind you was down outskirts of the town country road. So we look up to where they are looking and see about 6 bright lights in the sky in a rectangle formation. They were going up and down side to side in perfect formation. My partner says those have got to be drones we get out and look at the people puzzled as well they are like oh my god do you see this? We stare at them for about 10 seconds then some of the lights shut off as the others still are moving around perfectly. I shine my light at them and they immediately disappear. It was instant. Nobody is that fast. So we get back in the car and start driving more down the road to see what's up. I look over and in the pitch black sky to our side there is a black craft shaped like a pear. It was matched almost perfectly with the night sky and hard to see. We partially illuminated it as we passed it with our headlights. I saw it my partner didn't. I told him to stop and look. We stopped got out, the craft was gone. He thought I was crazy. I saw what I saw. We looked around a bit and saw nothing else. I fly drones, I know them well even personally train the department on drone capabilities for police. We now have a program. Those were not drones. Way to bright and no sound. This was about 5 years ago so drone tech was not as good yet. 
Also those field they were above was a dairy. Nobody we saw anywhere near. Few years later I was outside my house with my three-year-old daughter. Every night before bed we would look at the stars. It was a routine. So she asks me what that star is as she points out one that is very bright. I look at it and it's near the horizon and it's extremely bright and out of place. As we stare at it it accelerates to a super speed and disappears over horizon. My daughter and I were both speechless. I without a doubt believe there is alien life out there and we have been visited. I'm a paramedic, full-time days now but used to work a lot of nights as a noob. One night we're hanging out in station when the call comes out for a shooting. Irk, the other side of the city truck beat us to the scene and transported one person who died at the hospital. At any rate, not terribly long after we get dispatched to the same area, someone called and said they were shot and couldn't breathe. So we hightail it out to the intersection and find. Nothing. Police are all over the surrounding area so we get out of the truck and start looking on foot. Still nothing. Dispatch calls the number back, nobody picks up, we call it unfounded and go back to the station. Two or three hours later and it's really late, and cold, and quiet. We get dispatched, same intersection, same complaint. Now we're a little mad because it sounds like a crank call. We get out, look around the same area and don't see anything. Relate the news to dispatch who tells us, we've still got the caller on the line, but there's a really bad connection. Ah, uh, he says he sees you and he's walking over. Okay, he just hung up. We hung out for about five more minutes waiting for the guy, cops drove some more laps. Nothing. Second story, which was only creepy when it happened. I'm in paramedic school and we get dispatched to the gym for an 18-year-old male with chest pain. Once in a blue moon you get to find out someone has a previously undetected heart defect, but 98% of these calls are energy drink slash pre-workout overdoses. Sure enough there's a sweaty young man sitting on a chest press machine with some indicative signs and a heart rate of 170 or so. He rides out to the truck on the stretcher and they toss him inside. My instructor is outside bullshitting with the cops, I'm inside putting this kid on the heart monitor. He's super wound up and physically agitated and I'm trying to get a 12 lead EKG on him to determine what in the blue hell I'm going to do about all the crap he took when he looks over my shoulder and goes, oh, my mom's here. I turn around and don't see anyone through the window so I start feeding him the regular line about how mom can meet us at the ed, but he's tracking left to right as if she were walking around the outside of the truck. Finally he's looking all the way over to his right where in our trucks, there's no window, and tells mom that he's so glad she came back before passing out and returning to a much more sustainable rhythm and rate. Oh okay one more story. I used to work for a hospice company and this dude in a facility lived for four days without eating or drinking or really substantively responding to us. His wife wouldn't leave his side once she found he was in the active dying phase. Finally one of her kids convinced her to come home get a shower and lunch and come back. She leaves, I leave to grab my lunch with the intent of taking my break with him, hey, we were friends, 30 seconds later I walk back into the room and he's stone dead. Kinda sweet, I think, 
that he couldn't bear to pass in front of his lady love. For the sake of this story, you can call me Bill. I'm not exactly comfortable revealing my true identity because I know how word gets around and if word gets around, especially if you are a government employee, a police officer, or anybody of any significant importance, your career and reputation can be turned upside down in a matter of days. But what I'm about to share with you isn't just a simple ghost story kids share around the campfire. This is something of a real-life experience that happened just a few years back. It's been so significant to me that I still think about it just about every day when I'm out on my shift. The road in which I was patrolling on is bordered by thick forest and swampland off to the right. As I was driving, it was roughly 1.15 in the morning. I was making my way to a separate section of a neighborhood that I frequent during the night. It's pretty calm, and I don't often get much calls. Domestic violence here and there and maybe some teenagers trespassing, but overall things are pretty calm. As I'm driving this road, I see something large pulling up out of the swamp, getting ready to run into the road. Slowing down, I immediately think that somebody is on drugs, getting up out of the water. So I slowed my cruiser down, and this thing steps out into my headlights, and I could see immediately this was no person at all but something much more terrifying. They or it was kind of short and stocky and appear to kind of hold its hands and arms in front of its body. Long claws, long teeth, and an even uglier face. It kind of reminded me of a bird or an ape or something. It looked over at me and its eyes reflected from the headlights but they glowed this horrendous orange-red color and not a white or yellow like you'd see with the deer's reflection. And before taking another step further, it just kind of evaporated into this thick black smoke and vanished. I just sat there fully stopped with my jaw wide open, trying to wonder what just happened. What did I just see exactly? Did I just hallucinate or did I see something real? I'd asked around and talked to a couple of close officers and actually found out there are several other, on my own department alone, that have seen similar things. Not just apparitions but creatures or animals like this one. In fact, one of my good buddies on the force has been an officer longer than I have. I confided in him with my same experience, and he told me that he had seen the same entity I did several years ago, almost to the T. I used to patrol this boat manufacturing factory. I'd have to go in there four times a night from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m., and do a walkthrough of the two buildings and a large courtyard. For some reason, it always unnerved me. You couldn't turn on the lights but the main factory had emergency lighting that kept the place pretty well lit up. The second building was where I think they painted the boats, and it had no lights at all. You had to use a flashlight to climb over the boats and stuff to get to the back door. It also leaked so all you'd hear and there was dripping of water and all you would smell is heavy fumes. Anyway, one time I was in there doing my last patrol around 3 a.m. My previous three visits had already unnerved me. I can't remember what happened so it was probably just creepy noises. As I get into the second building, I make my way to the back door to check it and suddenly the PA system flips on and the building fills with loud crackling static. It made me jump so high I probably hit the roof. 
I didn't even make it to the back door, I ran the F out into the courtyard and suddenly a cat jumped out at me from one of the boats. That kind of distracted me from the weirdness of the speakers turning on and I broke out laughing, musing over how I was the biggest pussy of a security guard ever. I decided F my patrol and went back into the main building, still giggling over the cat. I stopped by the bathroom and while sitting in there, suddenly music. Faint music. The radio, that must be hooked up to the speakers in the plant, had turned on. I remember it was a Justin Bieber song playing. F that. I jumped up, hurried into the hallway and I shit you not I heard someone say hello? Are you there? The voice was genderless and distorted in a way that let me know it wasn't a robber or anything. I booked it out and once an MG car, I called the supervisor and she just laughed. Apparently that stuff is common and some guards refused to do that building, but she didn't want to tell me beforehand and freak me out. Edit. I should also add the time I was training a new guard. It was our fourth and final visit and I had to take a shit, so I told him to do the patrol alone and see if he could find all the checkpoints. As I come out, I hear him outside the hallway saying yeah? Course I am. I ask what he's doing and he tells me he heard a voice saying hello? Are you here? And thought it was me. I never told him my ghost story also had shit seemed to move when I worked security in the hospital. Not in the morgue or anything, but on the top floor of administration weirdly enough. I was sent out with my K-9 or police dog on a missing person case. Older gentleman and it was a huge ass ranch in Oklahoma. Started the track and the dog lost it in the middle of a small fenced in pasture. The dog was telling me he should have been right there but he wasn't. I called in another dog team since my mutt was seemingly playing games with me. The second dog went to the same spot. We half joked about aliens at that point, but we were both pretty baffled. His body was found a couple of days later in a small box canyon about a mile away, still on his land. Autopsy confirmed heart attack. Another call was to a 911 hang up in a small office building in the middle of the night. We got a key holder out to let us in and we checked it out. Nobody in there so we had the key holder come in and make sure everything looked okay, and that nobody had broken in. We took him to the office where the call originated and he turned white as a sheet. The guy who used that office died of a heart attack the week prior. I was driving down a long, winding road when I saw this oddly reptilian humanoid at the crest of the hill. We approached it cautiously, noticing that it stood around 6 feet tall and weighed roughly 100 pounds, very frail. Its skin looked to be covered in scales, like those of a snake or a lizard, and it stood on two digital grade legs. One limb ending in five very long, clawed toes, and another ended in three long, clawed digits that seemed even sharper than the others. It had humanoid arms which hung down very low at the hips. Each arm ended in four clawed fingers. This reptile's creature's neck was short but very thick, and its face looked like that of a reptile with two large eyes. It just stood there, looking at us with what seemed to be this emotionless expression on its face. We drew our guns while my partner got out of the car to cover me shouting at this thing to put its hands up so that they could shoot if things went bad.
Of course, we thought it was some nut job in a Halloween costume, but the way it moved and acted told us otherwise. It didn't even blink. Its face continued staring at us with this emotionless expression. It stood still like a statue, and the officer began to feel very unnerved. When both of us did, it kept a strange posture. This thing took a step toward us, as if trying to intimidate both of us, showing fear. But my partner specifically was already pointing his gun straight at this thing's chest, so I drew my gun higher and shouted at it again for it to show us its hands. Without warning, this creature sprinted up towards him in a burst of inhuman speed that appeared inhuman and alien, and my partner rapidly fired two shots into its chest which caused it to fall to the ground. But then I heard my partner scream in terror as something behind us moved across the brush near our car with also incredible speed. Suddenly, I heard a shot fired from my partner's gun without warning. There was rustling sounds behind me so loud it sounded like something big had crashed through some thick brush near a car. When I turned around to see what it was, whatever it was had run off so quickly I could not identify or keep track of it. We got into our car and booked out of there immediately after seeing the creature fall to the ground dead. We didn't report what happened because both of us were scared by this thing. I am a cop in Alaska. I worked nights and was in the outskirts of town. Myself and two other officers responded to a family's house where they heard someone howling like a wolf under their back deck. When I was on my way, another officer called me and said that he had been to the neighbor's house earlier. The department had had a few problems with the neighbor where he had called several times saying someone was breaking into his house but there was no one there and there was no sign of anyone being there, no tracks in fresh snow. That night the neighbor thought that someone was breaking into his house. He called the cops, and went outside to confront the person. When he went outside he didn't find anyone and though he saw someone in his window so he shot at his own house. When the police got there, there was no evidence of someone going into the house. The general consensus was that the neighbor was crazy. So while we were going to the call we think the crazy neighbor has gone under the deck and was howling. When we got there we spoke to the homeowner and they asked us to walk around the house. We didn't find any footprints. The other officers looked into the woods a little bit and I spoke to the homeowner. They said that they swore they heard howling under their deck. The wife said that a week earlier she saw the police go to the neighbor's house and when the police walked around the house a skinny man with a dark jacket and long dark hair ran around from the other side of the house and ran into the woods. We looked further into the woods and found tracks that lead to another person's house, then further into the woods where we lost the trail. We told them to lock their doors and to call us next time they heard or saw anything. Maybe the neighbor wasn't crazy. I was a deputy sheriff for 13 years and the majority of that time I worked in a large jail with a big population. I was a team leader of the tactical response team that roamed the hallways and responded to all the emergencies that would arise. Not just fights but medical emergencies too. We had a set of cells in the admissions area hat were isolation cells for the inmates who just got there and were problems. Either mentally or physically. Cell 3 I responded one night to a guy who took his pants off and tried hanging himself in the cell. 
He had a really good attempt and had to be rushed to the hospital. When we reviews the camera footage to assist with our report all you notice was him standing quietly in the cell for minutes looking at the camera, the camera glitches out and when it comes back on he's hanging himself. The next three days in the same cell we had similar incidents. One guy was successful in bashing his head into the wall so hard it killed him. But every time we would watch the tapes the guy would be standing there watching the camera mins before the attempt and then the camera glitches. To this day cell 3 still freaks me out. Makes me think there was an entity in that cell causing people to kill themselves. I was a cop for about 5 years. And worked for a boss that used to tell this story all the time. Just a warning, this story contains self-harm, so don't read if that will trigger you. When he was a rookie and got his first car, they mostly walked back then, he patrolled his district and decided to check out this cemetery area. Kids often went back there, as it was near a skate park, to do extracurricular activities. As he drove up, he saw a person who had hung himself from a tree. He immediately called it in and the scene was properly investigated. Well the weird part is, the next night he became curious so he went back to the same area. The tree was gone. The city had not put in any work orders to cut the tree. The city I worked for did not do that type of thing, as it costs money and the city was too cheap. There was also no stump in the ground. There was no place the tree could have gone. He was in that spot for about six or so hours during the investigation. So he was familiar with it. It spooked him at the time. So, these two veteran cops, let's call them Bob and Mike, respond to a 911, that lacked details, on a nicer block in a shit neighborhood of a large city. They get to the house and are met by this older woman who was clearly an immigrant from one of the Caribbean islands judging by her accent. She welcomes them in and politely tells them that she didn't make the call and alluded to having had previous issues with some of the local punk kids so they probably made the call as a prank. So Bob is not green by any standard and is pretty well educated for a cop. Super rational guy who has faced absolute nightmares with unflappable stoicism. But damned if there isn't something about that house that's telling him to run and not look back. And there's no reason for it. The house isn't a mansion but it's clean and well kept. The woman is annoyed about the prank call but entirely cordial with them. There's no weird sounds or smells that suggest something is amiss. Still, he can't shake this feeling of unbridled terror. They eventually finish taking the report and leave. After they get into the car, Mike looks at Bob and says damned, I'm so glad to be out of there. Place freaked me the F out. Now, this worries Bob more because Mike, in addition to being a veteran cop with time in the homicide department, was also some veteran of an elite military unit, whose name entirely escapes me at the moment, an all-around badass. That they both were independently freaked out was bizarre. Still, it's a big city and they have other stuff to worry about so they get back to work. But leaving that feeling unaddressed didn't sit well with Bob. When he was on Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. On his own and had nothing pending, he went back to that neighborhood and found the block captain. Pro tip, if you want to know the details in a specific area, find the block captain. So he asks her, hey, you know that islander lady on your block? The captain says, oh, you mean the witch. And Bob is just like, what? Remember those kids that were giving the homeowner a hard time? Apparently one of the local punks threw a rock at her window not too long ago, before Bob and Mike visited. This shit, let's call him punk, basically acted like an asshole prick when the woman confronted him. Witnesses say she swore he would regret it. That very night, Punk's parents rush him to the local hospital, which is actually a really phenomenal hospital despite the neighborhood. He's in massive pain for apparently no reason. The ER runs tests, he's in multiple organ failure and they have no idea why. None of their tests showed any reason why a previously healthy teenager was just dying in front of them. Nothing poisonous, no injuries, etc. The staff valiantly worked to stabilize him but nothing was working. At last, the parents went to the homeowner's place, throw themselves in front of her door, and beg her to spare their son. The homeowner supposedly looked at them with an oddly neutral face and said their son would be fine. Sure enough, for no reason that the hospital staff could fathom, Punk does a complete 180 during the night. All his organs start working again, he stabilizes, and is back to 100% come morning. There isn't even any permanent damage to his previously imperiled organs. Bob later confirmed at least Punk's mysterious illness and equally astounding recovery, Bob's contact was totally creeped out when he told her about the homeowner. Edit, I'm seeing lots of critique on my writing. I wrote the post while having trouble sleeping so I'm aware it's not exactly Shakespeare. However, I didn't make any of it up and I trust the guy I heard it from. There's probably a sensible explanation that no one has figured out, but I'm confident that this happened, and even if you don't, it seems a little uncalled for to be a jerk to others commenting. This story came up when I asked Bob about the prevalence of people who believe in magic in urban neighborhoods after reading about it being a thing in Chicago. Cop here. 
I had another officer at work meet up with me right after a call he was on. He said an elderly lady was insisting someone was getting into her mobile home and stealing things and moving them around when she was asleep or not home. This is the standard mo for dementia calls. They will insist but the facts don't add up and after talking to them for a while you start to realize they aren't all there. Well, she had called us before and was advised by the officer to take some measures to prevent it or disprove it which she obliged. She screwed all her windows shut, changed the locks on the doors, and installed cameras inside. She even set an alarm with motion detectors in the house and slept in her locked bedroom where she could arm and disarm from there without leaving the bedroom. And she said they were still getting inside the home. So the first thing I think at this part of the story is that it has to be dementia because how the hell would they get in now? That, or it's like those horror stories where a person is living in your attic. She has no attic though so that's out. Well he reviews the video and you can see her leave and lock the front door. Then sure as shit someone's hand can be seen in the edge of one of the frames inside the home. He said after seeing that he tore the place apart, inside and out, but there was no way in or out, no signs of forced entry, and nothing missing from the home. He said he ended up not taking a report because he couldn't figure out how to write one without saying it was a ghost. Swiss military here, 18 halves Panzer Division. I racked my head for a while trying to remember if any. Bad things happened during my service and one finally came to mind. It was during one of my repetition courses, here you can do something akin to a year, or a shorter recruit school but have to go back every year for a month for a refreshment course, about three or four years ago I believe. As a tanker, we do three-year rotations between two different training spots. One in Beret for two consequent years, as in a row, not sure if it's the right word, for the pilots to drive on a large terrain, and one in Hinterhain for us loaders slash shooters to practice our firing technique with the tank. So this was a year I was stationed in the Hinterhain Valley. You can Google map it if you're curious, Hinterhain Skesplatz if you want a better idea of the layout of the land. Basically it's a long valley in between mountains, and targets at the end of the 4 kilometers or so length of it. At the entrance of the area, there's a covered hangar where we leave the tanks overnight after service is done on them. Anyhow, it was one of the weekends where my company was to stay on guard duty, and I was, as with all these stories, assigned the night shift between 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. with two-hour rotations. For those that aren't familiar with the concept, Basically you turn on posts every two hours. Two hours at the guard booth, two hours on the sidelines but alert, two hours car patrol. Rinka repeat. I was with my colleague Pitch, full name irrelevant, but it's the first letters of his family name, at the guard booth. As it was during the winter period, it was quite chilly too. Chill. Outside so we just sat inside the booth occasionally taking a walk around and radio into base for checkups. Also, since it was night time we were issued NVGs, since the valley is rather large and not illuminated they came quite in handy for on foot patrol. While my mate was keeping warm inside, I took advantage of my Russian heritage and braved the outside for a smoke and a quick scan slash patrol of the grounds. 
With my plus 25 frost resistance, I went on first down the path towards the targets, down valley I guess, having my smoke and generally just scanning the area with a flashlight or the NVGs. I then went back down to the booth, circled around the road and into the hangar. Yeah. The hangar. The one filled with a dozen 60-ton war machines and nothing else except a few brooms and dust cloths. Now to paint one more picture, the hangar is mostly straight, but with a slight curve. The park tanks have about a 1 meter gaps between them, and a large 3 to 4 meter gap on the left flank for passage etc. I was feeling cocky I guess. I mean it's Switzerland, we parked and serviced the damn things barely 4 hours ago. Nothing can go wrong right? Wrong. I'm used to doing this, I know the sounds they make. I know the sound of a falling tool and can mostly recognize which tool it is well. I know how the air vents that cycle the gases around the hangar sound. I know the dead silence of a night shift when nothing is on too. However, I'm sure most of you also know that feeling of dead air and dread you get when you feel something is wrong as well. This was just it. I remember passing the furthest door into the hangar, two entries, both ends, and making my way slowly down the hangar up to where we had parked the tanks for the night. That's when that dead air hit me. It felt wrong. Now I'm not going to talk of shadow people or seeing things from the corner of my eye. Thank the nine circles I've never yet experienced that. Upon reaching the first row of tanks, I know however I could hear things. Tools to be more precise. A click or two of a socket wrench here, a bolt drop there. I thought it was normal, unexpected but normal. Probably just a tech staying up after hours to fix an urgent issue or some dumbass that left his phone inside the crew compartment and is trying to get it out while on guard. The tanks often break too, so it made sense in a way that someone might be working on it. Since it's dark, I first called out and shown my flashlight around to alert of my presence. Right. So of course now it start giving U-turns into the twilight zone. Nothing. Silence. Because of the previously mentioned curve of the hangar, I can't directly see all the way to the end. So what's a trooper to do then to climb one of the tanks and pull on the NVGs to get a cleared idea? Just that actually. I climb up, clear the turret and look over down the entire column. Again, nothing. No open turret hatches, no tools laid out. Silence. Except the noises start again. The wrench, the movement of unbolted, swinging armored skirts, the locking lugs of a turret hatch etc. except this time further down the line. Further away from me. I crept down each hole trying to see something and trying not to break my neck, NVGs kind of play with your depth perception, moving from tank to tank. Still nothing. I remember quite well the thick feeling of dread and discomfort. Not because of fear I guess, but mostly of the UN logical, impossible scenario of hearing things that just shouldn't be there. I eventually noped out of the hangar through the other door, having checked every spot and side room, between and under the tanks and checked back with my mate. Told him the story, he kind of laughed it off but refused to go check the hangar himself afterwards. Sorry if it's lackluster, but it always kind of stuck with me mostly because as I mentioned, I know how things sound. When you've spent five months shooting, loading, 
cleaning and servicing the damn things you just have inner mechanisms that trigger on certain events. This was a one-time thing that I never really mentioned to my superiors but it definitely was interesting. I work graveyard shifts as an unarmed security guard. That's officer rent a cop to you, smartass. I've had the same post since starting with the company, now going on a year. It's in a fairly busy metropolitan area, but it's really quiet at night. There's a police station practically across the street, so I'm mostly just there to satisfy the insurance company or on the off chance someone's brazen enough to try to steal building materials. The main area of the project is an office building. There's a multi-level parking structure that's attached, also mid-construction. The rear of the property is bordered by a tall concrete wall, after which there's a busy highway running in parallel. One night, maybe a week or two after Thanksgiving, I was sitting in my car, deep into an especially long and depraved session of Plague Incorporated, during which I repeatedly killed off all of Earth's inhabitants through varied torturous and sadistic means. A thin layer of snow had already accumulated on my windshield since my last patrol. I couldn't really see out of it per se, but I had civilizations to neutralize. Being a good security guard is all about knowing your priorities. That all changed when something violently rattled my car. While I don't have a gun, I do keep nunchaku on me at all times. Blue belt in kung fu, thank you much, so I grabbed those and my Nebo O2 beam flashlight and jumped out of the car. I couldn't imagine what was responsible for the disturbance, but I assumed my field supervisor had something to do with it. He didn't have much of a sense of humor, but he made it a point to try and sneak up on unaware guards. He wasn't very good at it. It's weird, though, I exit my car and there's no one in sight. There's a thin layer of snow on the ground, so footprints or tire tracks would have been an obvious giveaway. I was about to write it off as a weird environmental effect, but then it happened again. It didn't feel like a shaking thing when I was on my feet, though. More like a high amplitude current in the ground. Now I'm on high alert, so I switch to the emergency scanner app on my phone to see if they're getting any calls about an earthquake or explosion or something. There's no communication at all for a good five minutes, then some run-of-the-mill chatter about a drunk driver on the other side of town. I'm a little spooked now, but rather than get back in the car I decided to do my next patrol a little early. I knew there was nothing to worry about, but figured it would put my mind at ease to check the site for myself. Just in case. I started by looking around the parking structure. There was only one accessible entrance which my car was parked in front of, but squatters are a thing and it was a cold night. Nothing. I still had one earbud in on the off chance that people started calling in. There's a domestic disturbance call, then silence. Then the rumbling comes back. The whole structure feels like it's wobbling. I just checked the last corner and decided to get the F out in case something decided to collapse. Just as I leave the garage, something in my periphery catches my attention. On top of the building there are a couple security lights, but one is completely obscured by a lift and construction materials. So when I tell you I saw the silhouette of a man on top of the building, understand that it's really just a silhouette. My paranoia is pretty peaked out at this point, 
which I factored into my assessment of the situation while taking no comfort from it whatsoever. I decided to grab my binoculars out of the car, which I felt confident would reveal the silhouette to be nothing more than heightened pareidolia and a stack of 2x4s. When I got back to the car, I just about lost my shit. There was an impression in the snow, like someone had laid across my hood. Two hand prints were melted into the windshield. No footprints or tire tracks except for the ones I knew without question I had made. I pulled out my smartphone, not really sure what I hoped to do with it, but you understand the impulse, it was off, battery dead. Before I got out of the car, the phone had been plugged in and was charging. Over 90% battery. I felt the rumble again, promptly got in the car, after checking the back seat, obviously, and drove it to the other end of the site. If there were squatters there, I concede the victory. Either way, I never got any complaints from the foreman or my supervisors. I asked one of the other guards if he'd seen anything weird while working the post and he just shrugged. I still have no idea what happened that night. So anyhow. In my hometown there is an old hospital that's long since been retired since they built a new one nearly a decade ago. Well to keep people out of it they have cameras set up at the entrances and a few motion sensors in the hallways. No one is supposed to be in this place. No one. The building is owned by the city and they currently aren't even using it for storage. They just keep the place in decent conditions in case they ever need to use it again. Apparently according to my cop friend, almost weekly, at least once, occasionally twice a week. The cameras will pick up movement and follow something into the door and then the motion sensors will go off in a pattern like someone is walking the halls and checking rooms. My friend gets set in to clear it one night. He's won the phone with the alarm company and they send him to the second floor of this retired hospital to clear this building that's very creepy. And the alarm company is telling him the alarms on the floor he is on are going off and he dead serious says listen, I'm on the second floor currently and there isn't anyone here. And a door halfway down the hallway just opened and closed, oh f, the next one down just did it too. F this shit I'm out. Whatever the f is here can stay here. My partner is in the car. I'm noping the f out of this place. So the guy that lives across from my parents, and who is basically a second father to me, is a fire investigator and over the years I will go work fire scenes with him if he needs help. We've seen some pretty wild shit, which are some pretty fantastic stories for another time, but this one takes the cake. So we are on our way down to the scene which was in Miami and I was going over the reports to get a feel for what to expect and kept references to an altar and he said that the cops that had responded earlier told him to expect some real weird shit but not to call them because none of it was actually illegal because they already went over it all. So we get there and do a quick walk around the property and the home itself is fine but there is a smaller building at the back that is completely burnt out. So we knock on the door and go in and start talking to the owner and before he tells us what happened he asked if we could be sure to have an open mind and not judge him until we hear the whole story so we both agree. He proceeds to tell us that he is a priest of some religion that many would refer to as part of the occult. It wasn't voodoo and it wasn't santeria, 
I don't remember the name but I do distinctly remember him saying that you had to have a Catholic Baptist at birth to be a part of it. And when we asked him what started the fire he told us that his enemies put a curse on him and it was spirits that caused the fire and we both try to keep a straight face and think, okay, that sounds super legit. And then we ask him if we can go check it out and he says sure fine just be careful because a lot of the things that weren't completely destroyed are irreplaceable. So we go into the backyard to go start checking out the structure and start using his K9 to search for accelerants, any flammable substances that could be used for arson, and his dog starts whimpering and will not go inside this building which neither of us have ever seen. We manage to get the dog to go around the building and doesn't get any hits so we put her away and go back and start looking ourselves. Well the first thing I start finding are railroad spikes everywhere which is a little strange but nothing too crazy. Then I find an old shotgun and I'm talking like real old. I don't know much about guns but it looked like pre-World War I and start thinking that's a little strange. Then we start finding the goat and chicken remains which I know is used for voodoo and shit like that and start getting real weirded out and the guy I'm helping is even started to get the heebie-jeebies and that is when shit hits the fan when we find a human skull. We immediately call the police detective back and he says they know about it but it wasn't illegal, I have no idea why but we don't ask questions. According to homeowner, it belonged to one of his ancestors and it was part of the ceremonies he does. Well long story short, he couldn't find a reason for the fire to have started. Every idea I threw at him he debunked with the evidence. I forget why candles were ruled out but they were, there was no electricity running to the back building, and it was one of the lowest things in the area so it couldn't have been lightning. As we were leaving, this dude tells us that he feels terrible that we were forced to enter an area with such terrible dark magic so he gave us the ingredients and instructions needed to cast some sort of cleansing ritual that involved reading some prayer that he wrote down for us and mixing something called aqua florida with white flower petals and then dumping it over our heads which we promptly did as soon as we got back home. Hands down one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced. I was probably just 18. I had lived in the city my whole life, but had recently moved to the desert. I'm talking double wide trailer, maybe five other people living within a mile or so around us. 140 acres of just nothing but sand and cactus. I was already freaked out because I was so used to the sounds of a big city, cars at all hours of the night, sirens, it was never quiet. And goddamn was it dark. Well I was laying in the bed of a truck right outside the trailer, on the phone with my girlfriend at the time. Laying on my back looking straight up into the sky. It was lit up like a Christmas tree, my entire vision was just stars. It was fascinating. Well while I'm on the phone, at the very right of my vision I see something moving. I thought it was a shooting star. Nope, bright ass light moving around fast. And not in a straight line. This thing was moving in random directions. Like if you took the mouse on your computer and just moved it all over the screen. So I stopped talking on the phone. It got extremely quiet, like white noise quiet, while I'm staring at this light moving all around. Then as it gets to about center of my vision. It just stops. My heart started pounding. 
Then it broke into two separate lights and they started to do the same weird random movements. No pattern at all. Then again, they stop and I was waiting to see if they would split again. Nope. Boom, like rockets they zip out into different directions until they were out of my vision. I was completely frozen. I didn't even remember being on the phone anymore. I felt like a child Agzan that was too afraid to go into a dark room. Frozen. Eventually I snapped to and bolted into the house. I remember telling my family about it and they completely dismissed it. I didn't go outside past the fence alone for a while. Wildland Firefighter Once around 2am on a smaller lightning fire that was only like a half acre the crew and I were taking a break from mopping up chasing hot spots. Then all of a sudden above the next ridge over probably about 1 to 2 miles as the crow flies we see a large orange glowing light slowly moving from east to west. Someone spots it and thinks it's a plane at low altitudes possibly running infrared to search for fires not found in the day. But another points out that the lights aren't flashing and something about planes being required to have two colors for identification. It could be a satellite. Someone says but it's orange and moving to slow, also it's too close to be in orbit. Then it just stops. Holds above the ridge for a few minutes and reverses direction west to east and pauses once more. It held for another few moments and then shot straight up onto space. Not like it changed its direction and headed north. I mean this thing jumped vertically straight up and disappeared. I've never been so excited, and scared at the same time. Back in 2011 me and my buddy were standing post on the outskirts of our landing zone in a small patrol boat in Afghanistan. We were a bit undermanned so we only had roughly 20 guys on the patrol boat itself. Since this was the case, we stood pretty heinous post hours and ran a skeleton crew throughout the majority of the deployment. On this particular night, me and my buddy were standing post at probably about midnight or 1am. He comes over the radio and tells me to check a direction and distance with my NVGs. Now I loca over and radio back saying negative I have no visual of anything. He tells me to turn on my thermals and recheck. I swear to God, there was a human shaped figure out in the distance but not moving. Just standing there. I switched back to my NVGs and again, nothing was there. It was starting to make my hair stand up. We called up to the cock to check on the G-Boss camera but they couldn't see anything. The camera is a much bigger camera essentially with thermal capability. For the record I do not believe in paranormal or supernatural activity. Our post lasted about 6 hours and that figure was there on our thermals not moving the entire time. It wasn't until we got relieved that it disappeared. We just chalked it up to sleep deprivation but it always stuck with me. That was one of a couple times that weird shit happened out in the sandbox. Paramedic here. In the middle of the night we got a call for cardiac arrest, so we respond and walk in with all our stuff, ready to do work. A little old lady answers the door. She is really upset and begging us to help, saying that there's a dead woman on her couch. We walk in, and no one is there. 
She is so adamant that there's a dead woman in her apartment and that we need to help her. To give her peace of mind we walk through the apartment with her, even checking closets and whatnot. But as we were opening closets I half expected a body to fall out or to find something. We didn't find anything, but the lady was still really distressed. I spent the rest of the night expecting to go back there because something just felt really off, even though we didn't find anything. This story has been told to me by my grandma and it's common knowledge in the family so I have no reason to disbelieve the story. So my granddad discovered in the army he had a gift for hypnosis. Turns out I'm not bad at it either but far from being a performer so I guess it runs in the family. So much that by word of mouth he started to become semi-famous and he was impressive enough to have a producer wanting to sign him for a tour. My granddad declined one, because he had a good enough career as it was too, because he was really tired after performing so he didn't want to do this too often. After a while hypnotizing pull he tried on his sister, she started to have visions and even managed to help her husband to solve a few cases, he was a law inspector, while under the spell of her brother. Now here comes the craziest shit ever and if it was not coming from my family I would have thought it's pure BS. Once in a while they had sessions with my granddad and her sister just for discovery purposes, and to show off a bit I guess. A doctor comes with his wife. When my grand aunt is under hypnosis she tells, this woman has a spot behind her eye and her blood flows backwards. All start to laugh especially the doctor who was already thinking everything was BS, and for a while nobody cares. Until the woman gets a tumor in her eye and when she was examined in the hospital she turned out to have her heart on the right side and pretty much every organ on the opposite from usual side. There are other crazy stories with my granddad and his sis but not one crazier than this one. I lived in a haunted house. I was never afraid of supernatural, but it was a strange year living there. When we visited the house the first time I felt this strange unsettling feeling. I didn't want to live there but I was 16 at the time, and I had no vote in the house my mom would choose and it ended up being this one. Thankfully it was a rental so we could leave any time. There was an old blue trailer in the yard. The homeowner told us we could make any change to the house but we could not touch the trailer ever. We never even went near it, it was old and filthy and we didn't care for it. During the time that we lived there a series of stuff happened that we couldn't really explain at the time, but like I said I was never really afraid of supernatural. We would clean, and suddenly the floor would be covered in muddy dog feet. No dogs around. One night I want to change a lamp, standing on a ladder. The ladder tips over, I nearly hit my head on a sink. It was really close, but no reason for the ladder to tip over. In one year our house gets hit by lighting three times, going front to back breaking every single thing that was plugged into electricity. One of these times my brother was outside in the back, taking in some stuff he left outside, so it wouldn't get wet from the rain. Lighting hits and he gets ejected at least three meters through the air across the lawn, hit a fence and falls on the ground. Miraculously he's shook but unharmed. One night I wake up having to use the bathroom. I get up and hear water running. So I walk into the bathroom, nothing. I wake my mom, tell her I hear water. 
She does too. We go downstairs, it's flooded, ankle high already. A pipe burst. Mind you, those pipes were replaced when we moved in as part of the agreement, so they were new. Another day I come home. We got a kitten, I find its head in the living room. Blood and nothing else. Looked like something ate it, it was horrible. For the longest time there was this girl who would walk in and out the house. We usually only caught a glimpse of her, mostly heard her giggle. This was a friendly neighborhood, so we figured it was one of the neighbor's kids, who was curious and playing games. We let her be. For a long time after that nothing out of the ordinary happened, but we wanted out of the house. We found a new place and while we were moving one of the neighbors comes to ask if we need help. He glances at the old trailer and says so that thing is still here huh? I told him we weren't allowed to touch it, asked him if he knew why. Since he was so interested in it I thought he might know. He told me the people who originally bought the ground to build the house lived in that trailer until the house was ready. They never finished it because the dad shot his six-year daughter and wife and then committed self-harm. Because of some formalities the case was never closed and the trailer was a crime scene, which made it illegal to take away or enter it. He continued, after those people died the house was bought by a dog breeder. He finished the house, and one night he wanted to change a lamp and his ladder tips over, hit his head on the sink and he died. To this day I am certain those two families and even the dogs were present in that house.